Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Thought it was going to be an every other week sort of thing, but it's becoming fairly regular, and that's because there's sports actually going on that can be talked about. Nathan Stacken here with you alongside my good friend and co-host, Travis Grins. Travis, how are we doing? I'm pretty good. Good, good. Uh, you had the baseball tournament last week, the Legion baseball tournament in Mitchell. It was amateur, hot. Amateur baseball. Amateur baseball. I'm sorry. Amateur baseball. Uh, it was hot. Alexandria, uh, did Alexandria win this? Is that correct? Yeah, they won it uh, two years in a row. They won it four out of five. The bison of amateur uh, baseball in South Dakota. Um, It it would look like it was a hot week for you, but uh, overall, your thoughts on what uh, the amateur baseball scene in South Dakota last week? Yeah, they started uh, a little later, like a week or two later, but they pretty much had an uninterrupted season. So they did that. Well, every uh, small town around here has their amateur baseball team, and it's a big deal. Uh, the tournament gets, what was it, $56,000 or 56,000 people at these 32 games. I'll get that up here quick. But yeah, it was one of, the, one of the bigger tournaments, and considering everything else that was going on, um, it was pretty uh, stellar attendance. Yeah, they made, I guess, they made $56,000. At the amateur tournament, 12 days, 32 team Class B tournament. Don't know what the attendance was, but apparently they made fifty-six thousand dollars in uh, in gates. And uh, the uh, the the championship between Alexandria and Canova, they made sixty-five hundred off of that. And I would say there were wow, that's a lot. Three, yeah, three four hundred people there for that. Probably it was it was full in Mitchell. So, like, you had the two, Canova won it two years ago, and the Canova game, they're famous for their team, and Alexander, they've been really good here the last uh, seven, eight years, so, I mean, they've not met in the finals before, I don't believe, so this was uh, the top two teams on each side of the bracket, and if anybody and everybody had to pick an ideal matchup in the finals, this one would have been hit, and uh, the game was not very good, game was not close, so... Yeah, it was, it was good. It was warm. Did the uh, Facebook videos for the first time. Tried that out. That went well. Good. So, um, it, it's kind of the unofficial end to the summer. Because this week I've got off for the most part no sports, but the next Friday is the first football game of the year. So, And we'll see if that actually happens. We were talking off air right before we started. Uh, there's already one game that's been canceled uh, for the season. Esteline and, uh, what, Del Rapids? Yeah. So we'll see if that happens. I mean, what have, what have you seen, like, or have heard, I guess, uh, from the in terms of like Sturgis and what that's contributed to the coronavirus uh, in South Dakota? Um, I would imagine that that's going to have some impact, certainly on high school football within the state. Like you would think, numbers would go up, and numbers are going up, or at least they're not going down. They're staying steady and, and gradually going up in Sturgis wasn't good and there was a, like a reported case of some guy who ended up having it was in a bar uh, last Tuesday from like noon to 5.30 and there's many people out there I mean you had quarter of a million people or so out there I guess they counted 600 some thousand vehicles over 10 days kind of an unofficial count like you would, you would think numbers would go up but again the, the testing like you have to show symptoms here to get tested so as, as we said, like you don't have to 
be sick to have this virus, you can feel absolutely fine and have it and show no symptoms. So I don't know if the numbers are going to go up. One would assume that they will. I don't know by how much. And I, I think the, 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 the bigger thing, rather than Sturgis, a lot of people come from out of state and right. then they leave, yep. which is good. School starts at least here in Mitchell Wednesday. A lot of area, other area towns start Wednesday as well, if not next week. So I think that's going to be a bigger problem. School starting, and we've already seen numerous cases around the country, uh, yep. mainly down south, surprisingly. Yep. Georgia and that, Oklahoma, uh, sp- to be specific. Yeah, Georgia, Oklahoma, North Carolina, those spots where they open school for about a week and then now school's not happening or it's happening online. So we should be able to make it here in South Dakota for a time. Our governor is of no help. She's very hands-off approach and wants credit for doing nothing. Uh, well, I guess you have to do, you have to do something. So I, I mean, she's really, like, we're, we're lacking leadership in the, in the country and in the state. Uh, right now, at least as far as South Dakota is concerned. So with, with kids going back to school, that would be the number one issue I think is going to happen here before Labor Day. We'll certainly keep an eye on that. Um, you know, South Dakota is one of the, the few states out there that is not requiring masks. Um, it's, it, seems to, it seems to be helping in Minnesota, which is good, and I hope that that's the case. Should Should the NFL be able to play... Uh, and start the season on time, which is uh, what the plan is. They're going through training camps right now. I have not heard anything for the Viking standpoint, but I would hope that at least some fans can be in attendance there. I know the Patriots have announced that they won't have fans for the first two games. The Bears have announced they won't have fans for the first two games. The Saints, the Titans. Atlanta, Kansas City. Yep. Uh, Kansas City, I think, is planning on having folks in the stands at a 22% capacity. Yeah. Uh, but Tennessee, Houston, New Orleans have all said no fans, at least as of now. The Rams, I mean, and the Chargers, that goes without saying that California is already in a rut. The, the Raiders won't have fans at any of their games at all this season. So there are a number of teams out there that have already said they won't have fans in the stands for at least part of the season. I, I would imagine other teams are in talks with local uh, city and state officials about being able to have fans, when that will happen, what the capacity level is going to be. Baltimore's already dropped theirs for uh, their attendance from fourteen thousand. They're capping it now at seventy five hundred. So that's something to to monitor. Uh, Philadelphia, I guess, won't have any fans for their games at all this season. The the mayor has already said that. I'm not sure what that does. Pittsburgh, I don't think the governor's done anything. Uh, statewide, but uh, the Bengals I know are trying to get fans. The Bills are trying to get fans. The Lions, I, the Packers aren't going to have any fans for the first game. So uh, certainly, it is something to monitor when it comes to games and the coronavirus, as far as the NFL is concerned. Is this like a team by team decision? Because a lot of those cities that may have some fans, they also have baseball teams in those cities. Yep. And now those baseball teams have fans. So why does I see with a, 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 a team-by-team decision that the Chiefs are going to have 22,000 people maybe, but the Royals aren't going to have any in the same parking lot. Yep. And other, you know, Cincinnati Bengals want some fans, but the Reds aren't going to have any. So. Well, I know the Reds had, had petitioned. Uh, I think they had gotten approval from the city. They were waiting for word from the governor. 
uh, Mike DeWine, and I think they had to get approval from baseball. It seemed to me that baseball had pretty much closed the door on having any fans for the season, but that you know, like teams like the Reds could petition. So this, I think baseball is more of a league standpoint, whereas the NFL is trying to work with the local officials. Just watching the Twins game here, they showed Gray, Craig Council, Brewers manager, he had his mask on his chin, which does, doesn't do any good. One thing, one thing I will say about Rocco Baldelli, I've never seen him without the mask on, or without the mask off. It's always on. Post-game show, during the game, he never takes the mask off. That's good. So, kudos to they play in Milwaukee. Guess, guess who the Twins play this weekend, Stacking? Guess who they play? Uh, they play, do they play the White Sox or the Tigers? No, it's the team they played the last two weekends. It's the goddamn Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yes. I think hopefully this is it. Yeah, it is. It Kansas is Kansas City it. two weekends ago. We played them last weekend, and we get to play them again this weekend. We've played nothing but Milwaukee and Kansas City. Now it'll be 16 straight games against the Brewers and the Royals. Jesus Christ, am I sick and goddamn tired of watching the Brewers and the Royals. Well, you won't have to worry about watching them after this weekend because the, the Twins don't play the Royals the rest of the season. They play Only a bunch the Brewers, of... So right. Yep. I've seen the White Sox, I've seen the Indians. Give me some teams. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, so, uh, well, you know what? Three out of four. One, one three out of four, so... They got swept last weekend, but uh, they did well. Maybe the Twins can win in Kansas City this weekend. How about that? Win in Kansas City. Oh, yeah, sweep them or do something. So, Kenta Maeda and uh, Randy Dobback. Those have been the top two guys. With the Twins, Nelson Cruz continues to get the hell out of the ball. So, yeah. Probably be the the three seed. Probably be behind uh, Oakland and New York. Get that three seed. Is is Oakland a surprise to you so far this season? Who? Oakland. Is Oakland a surprise so far? I think it's a, I think everybody picked them for the playoffs. I think it's surprising that they're like among the top, top, tippy top teams. And uh, they they've had numerous games this year where they've had walk off grand slams, come from behind victories, so they've been, you know, maybe three or four games better than maybe they should be just based on some comebacks that usually do not happen. But uh, they're good. They got some good young pitching. They're an exciting team, and yeah, I would. If the Twins don't do anything, yeah, I would be. I would always be happy to see Oakland, Oakland take down the Yankees or the Rays. Um, speaking of yeah. speaking of grand slams, can you tell me more about what the hell happened between? The Padres and the Rangers the other night with Fernando Tatis Jr., who's one of the best young players in the game. It's one of the reasons why you and I are both on the Padres bandwagon here. He hits a grand you slam. You and me and Northern Iowa. We all like it. Yes, yes, yes. You, you and me like and, Northern, and Northern Iowa were on the Padres. Um, for, Fernando Tatis hits a grand slam against the Rangers, and then I don't know what the hell happened after that, but the Rangers took exception to it. It's some unwritten rule, and a lot of people are coming to Tatis's defense, which is great. Um, what the hell happened, and why can't baseball players be mature? It's dumb. It's like a, you know, a one-day story. It'll go away like tomorrow. Sure. It was like pace inning last night. Uh, Rangers were down. It was eleven to three or eleven to four. They were down by like seven or whatever it was. Then he it was a three zero pitch, and then he had a grand slam. And apparently the Rangers were mad because why do you swing at three and zero? 
winner up by seven or eight runs in the eighth inning. Like, well, either that or he's going to walk in a run. So it's a dumb thing. He hit a grand slam. It's 14-3. to three. They win 14-4. to four. It's not a big deal. It's a stupid thing. I, I haven't seen anybody really come to the defense of the Rangers. They're just pissed because they lost. Well, that's good. They, no one should come to their defense. And you know what? What if the Rangers had scored, like, 11 runs in the ninth inning to win? It's yeah. It would have been very, very rare and unheard of. But, I mean... I mean, it's still possible, and then people would be like, well, why didn't Tati swing at it? So shut the hell up, Rangers. Shut up. I mean, it's unlikely to come back down seven or eight runs in the eighth inning. It's unlikely to come back at any time in the eighth inning when you're down. Well, I don't know if it's like 20 to 2 in the ninth, I can understand, but it's a seven run game, seven, eight run game. Uh, talked to a friend of mine from Nashville who's a Padres fan, and he said apparently Padres bullpen was supposed to be a strength, but it has not been. Uh, here recently, so um, and it was six nothing today in the fourth inning, and Tatis stole third base, which I enjoyed. And then uh, Texas comes back to score four in the fourth, and that's where it ended up six to four. Padres won, so just just play the game, just play right. until the last out. It, I mean, it, it, you just play the game. It's ridiculous. It's just all losers. What? It, uh, it's stupid. How does just play? How did this contact in Nashville become a Padres fan? I mean, that seems about as obscure as you could possibly get. He, uh, where is he at? Where did he grow up? Where did he grow up? He's kind of from Denver. He spent some time in Omaha. For whatever reason, he likes the Padres. He liked them for probably since like the 70s or 80s. Okay. So he's, uh, he, I don't know, I don't know. His dad liked them. He's, he's liked them for, uh, for a good long while. Okay. Oh, good, good for him. I like that's. That's fine. It's just a little yeah. weird that someone likes the Padres yeah. in in Nashville. Yeah. Um, what else uh, so far? If you I mean, if we look at the standings, uh, the Cardinals are playing games, which is good. The Reds have had issues. Now yeah. some positive tests. Uh, hopefully, the Twins do not become a part of that. It seems though, like baseball has kind of navigated through these turbulent times. The Marlins are kind of coming back to the bottom of the pack, um, but. Uh, you know the Dodgers look really good. What 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 stuck out to you so far uh, through the baseball season? We're 21, 23 games into this, almost halfway. We'll be halfway next week. Things are starting to separate themselves. You're starting to see the teams you expected maybe to to be. You know the Yankees, Tampa Bay, the Twins, Oakland, Houston. You're seeing some separation there between the teams that you think are good and the teams that are not. So, 20 games in, we're seeing that. Did we expect the Red Sox to be this bad? Did we really expect... I mean, no, I think we thought the Red Sox would I be mean, bad, but 6-17 and 17 bad? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, they're probably the worst team in baseball, worst pitching, bad off. I mean, they're bad at everything, so that's not good. Um, and it's, you know, a rebuilding year. Like, keeping Mookie Betts, they weren't going to re-sign him, and everybody was up in arms. Oh, the Red, the Red Sox trading their best guy. Well, they're not going to re-sign him to the ridiculous contract the Dodgers gave him, four hundred million. So why keep him? Right. Why keep a guy and get you know a draft pick for him when you can you know get some actual players? So I think that's probably going to be true. Yeah, Boston's really bad, but one good off season they can sign whoever they need and get back at it. So no worries there. 
Uh, I just hope you know, one of one of Baltimore and Miami. I hope one of them make the playoffs. Me too. I wouldn't want to play them because it's, it's a no-win situation there. But they're both in it right now, and uh, we'll see how long that that takes. Again, if we were to do the Nathan Stacken approach here, where we would just yeah. take every team above 500. That would give you right now in the American League, the White Sox would be the cutoff. So you would have eight teams in the American League. And nine in the National League. Uh, yeah, if we would count the... Let's throw the, the Cardinals out. So we'd have the Brewers would be the cutoff. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, we throw the Cardinals out, the Brewers, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Rockies, the Braves, the Cubs, and the Dodgers. I had some questions. I looked it up here uh, earlier today. So it's going to be one through eight with the playoffs. And if you finish first or second, you're automatically in. And then the next two teams are seven and eight. But it's likely impossible that that seven and eight seed may have a better record than that number six place team. Right. Or the worst second place team. So... That's the way they're going to do it. They're going to top, take the uh, the three division winners. Those are your top three seeds. Yep. They're going to take the three second place teams. That's four, five, and six. And then they're going to take the two teams remaining that have the best record to be seven and eight. So right now in the National League, the Padres would be the eighth seed, even though they have a better record than the Brewers slash Cardinals. Huh. So the Cardinals and the Brewers both at 500 have the worst record of any playoff team, mm-hmm. but they would be the sixth seed. That sounds something like the NHL would do, and that's just stupid. Yeah. So hopefully there's minimal upset, but I am excited right now. The 4-5 matchup in the National League would be Rockies-Marlins. Oh, yeah. Uh, we all we all would enjoy that. Yes, we would. So right now I guess it'd be, it'd be Dodgers-Padres, one versus eight. The uh, Cubs would take on the Diamondbacks. Okay. It would be Braves, Braves Brewers or Braves Cardinals. And then it would also be Miami and Colorado. Oh, so yeah. Twins would, Twins would end up playing Houston. So that's just great for the Twins. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. So we'll keep tabs on the baseball season here. Last week we had our moratorium uh, on the college football season and college football news and stuff. Well... Uh, since since last week's uh, podcast, and we talked to and I talked to Travis or to, talked to you and to Charlie, um, not much news has happened. Uh, North Dakota State announced they won't be playing, to which everyone is just heartbroken. How are the people of Fargo oh. going to deal with not having the Bison win a national championship this season? Oh, those poor people for the Bison. Um, and yes, I did that on purpose. You don't like it. Fuck it. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but the Big Twelve says they're gonna go through with it. The ACC, the SEC are going to. But what's what's stunning here right now about uh, and one of those schools in the ACC, North Carolina, they had uh, class start on campus and then uh, some positive tests happened. They're kind of linking it to a party. And whatnot, and they're going back either to online or just doing a hybrid here. Notre Dame has had issues. Uh, they've linked uh, some positive COVID tests to a party, so kids aren't kids are being kids. Uh, 
you know, not taking this fully responsible, but that's what you somewhat expect college kids to do, you know, 18, 19 years old. So, I mean, that could derail the college football season potentially. But the fascinating thing is going on right now in the Big Ten where the parents are trying to petition to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, former COO of the Minnesota Vikings, and you know players led by Justin Fields. They're petitioning because they want to play. It seems unrealistic at, at best that that they'll be able to change the Big Ten's mind. But the lack of transparency by the Big Ten, by Commissioner Warren, and, you know, the university presence and stuff that, you know, to you know, that they didn't provide the the student athletes, their parents and stuff as to why the change in direction or the you know veering off course from releasing the schedule to a few days later saying, No, now we're not going to do it, we're canceling uh, it's got parents and you know players like Justin Fields up in arms, and I think rightfully so. You should be transparent with this information. You should be providing the information to the parents and the athletes. Uh, do you? What do you make of what the parents and the athletes are doing, Justin Fields in particular? And do you think this has any chance of changing the minds of the Big Ten, especially as we inch closer to the potential start of the season in about a month, September 26th, and if the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC are still able to proceed with their schedules. This is going to make the Big Ten look quite bad. I don't know what this is all about, what they want to play. They're not going to play football. It's done. It's decided. They're not going to change their mind. So they want to know why? Yeah. Yeah, that's because there's a goddamn virus going around that 170,000 people have died. But that's why we're not playing. Does that have anything to do with anything besides that? It's the risk and reward. Like, I don't get these parents at all. I don't get these players. I don't get Justin Fields. I don't get Trevor Lawrence. I don't get these parents. Like you're not going to have sports this year. There's no football. And if you don't know why, then you're dumber than our president. Oh, no, I, 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 but the what? They want the, answers. The, answers about what? The, why did the league postpone it so early? Yes. Why did they? They were going to start football like next week or two weeks from now. What has changed since they announced last week? And it, it, it was three weeks before the season. It wasn't like it was three months. It was three weeks. Why so early? I say, why so goddamn late? Well, they they were going to start before the first game. They they were going to start the season late. They were going to start the season later in September, like the Big Twelve, like the like the ACC, oh, like the boy. SEC is doing. So, a why would you cancel the season rather than you know just wait a little bit, maybe postpone if you have to? But b after you release the schedule and then five days later you cancel it altogether, what changed between then? Like, what information are you privy to? What what new information came to light in those five days? That's what the parents want to know. That's what the athletes want to know. And I think they have a right to that. Uh, and it does make the Big Ten look bad if you release something and then five days later cancel it and not provide any explanation. Yes, if you want to go under the large scope of things, yes, it's the virus, and that's very, like, we're protecting the student-athletes and stuff. But then why would you go to the bother? Why would you go to the trouble of releasing a schedule and then not even a week later 
postponing the season and saying we're going to move it to spring, which is just dumb. I don't care what uh, Purdue head coach Jeff Brom thinks about doing like an eight-game or ten-game schedule starting in mid-February to ending it in May. Shut the fuck up, Jeff Brom. I'm sorry. I'm really dropping some F-bombs here, and I I probably... I did did like his idea. I I, I hate it. His idea is the best I've heard. It's the best of of a terrible idea to begin with like just don't do spring football and then push it back to october 2021 like, stop stop that i mean just yeah, let, at least, let's stop at least with his it takes into account the following fall season yes yes it does we push back and if we could get done if we could be done by april then you've got may june july august uh, you've got almost six months a good five almost yes. six months but we, but we still are in agreement that we don't like Right, we are still in agreement, though, that we don't want the spring season. I know Charlie says he wouldn't mind it, but I think the spring season would be watered down with all these pro prospects who would choose not to play. Like, it's just, it's a dumb idea. His is a good idea out of the grand scheme of things for spring football, but spring football still is a bad idea, at least to me. It doesn't make sense. I think fall, fall football is a bad idea to me. At least in the spring it might be better. You know, we've got six, seven months here to get better at this because mm-hmm. the first six months have not been handled greatly. Uh, with the Big Ten, I think they were, like I said last week, I think they were just kidding themselves. Release the schedule at the beginning of the week and cancel it by the end of the week. I mean... Right, and that's fine. Were, that's fine. They just I think they were kidding. I don't think they got any new information. I thought... I think all along it was like, well, they're going to cancel the season or postpone it. But they need to tell the parents and the athletes that. They said, we made a mistake in releasing the schedule. Just be transparent about it. That's all. You know, like, I don't, yeah. Like, I think anybody that thought they were going to have a season is, I don't think the Big Ten or I don't think, you know, the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC, I don't think they're going to play games. Uh, maybe you know a month from now when that actually happens, I can say it was wrong. Yep. But I still don't see them playing games, so we'll wait and see what happens there. And they released their schedules this week. Well, I, I don't know what these parents want. They want what? No answer. I mean, the answers are there's a virus. The, the question is nothing's going to change from now until September. Um, if they had the proper safety protocols in place, or as good as proper safety and protocols that you could possibly have and I would I would say that Ohio State has that Michigan has that now they have the ability to do that who knows if the rest of the Big Ten can do that who knows if Minnesota if Maryland if Rutgers Indiana have have exactly what Ohio State and Michigan have because they pump hundreds of millions of dollars into their football programs each year but into their athletic departments in general but it just seems it seems silly. I, I get where the parents are frustrated, and I get where the players are frustrated because you're telling them one thing, and then five days later you're pulling the carpet out from under their feet without it's, – it's like it's some dirty trick, and they aren't being transparent about exactly why. Yes, it's, a, it's the virus overall, but you can't release the schedule and then five days later say, nope, we're not going to do it at all without saying – Without laying out the reasons why, because the same reasons that you that they provided on Tuesday should have been the same reasons that they would have provided on Wednesday when they released the schedule. I can see that these players in this petition and these parents are wasting their time. I I hope they win out. I do. I do like Jeff. Jeff Brown. I do like his idea of. 
I like the idea of having, uh, you having like three hub cities. You got like Minneapolis could be one. Yep. Indianapolis, St. Louis, and another Notre Dome city somewhere else. St. Louis, I don't know. Yeah, St. Louis. Yep. And then you, you play games there, and, and you go from there. Detroit. So you play De- in hub cities. De- Detroit could be and another I, I one. I like that idea. I think Detroit could be another one, too, if they even did four. Whatever you need for domes, because we're not playing outside in February and March. We're just not doing that. Right. Yep, Minneapolis, St. Louis, those could be, like, for the West teams, and then do Detroit and Indianapolis for the East. And if you could group three, four, te- or four teams together, and they could all play each other somehow, or even group all six or seven teams together, I think that'd be even a better idea. And they yep. could all play each other. Uh, at once, that's, that's an idea. I don't see spring football happening either, but uh, I, I do like his idea. Uh, it'd be a shorter season, and it'd be done by April, and then he push the uh, other season back by uh, at least a month or two, maybe two months, and you have it in October. So I, I could see that being a way to have two seasons next year if you only have an eight-game season or so in the spring. But I don't see that happening either. And it sounds like the college basketball season may get pushed back a little bit. At least the they'll delay the start of the season. We'll see what happens there. We'll keep our eyes posted on that because that's going to be, I think, the big key, the big litmus test for if college sports will be able to survive. It's certainly college football is one of them, but I think everyone's kind of looking at the college basketball season. Like, when would that start? Would it start at the beginning of the new year? Does it go into March? Are we going to have March Madness? Because this is when the whole thing started you know, with the sports world stopping was the cancellation of the March Madness tournament. And if college basketball is able to do some things, we'll see how they handle it or whatnot. Uh, the season gets pushed back. It sounds like Dan Gavitt, who's the head of the NCAA, the, the, they're like of college basketball. He says that they're not likely to change it to like having it in May or something, which I think, I mean, again, May madness would work for me. Um, but, he says it does. That doesn't seem likely. So it would still be the the same March Madness. I I don't know. It, we'll we'll see what happens there. But we have a long ways before that. It it'll be college football uh, coursing its own path first. If indeed these conferences can proceed with playing. Um, we've seen. We've seen the NBA, and they've got zero positive tests. It's almost impossible to have a positive test when you're in that environment. Yep. NBA is perfect. Same with hockey. No positive test, hockey's fine. So they've been able to do that. But we've seen that that works. Yep. So we, we, we know, let's, let's take some advice from the other country. Let's take advice from the other sports. What is works? The basketball and the hockey is works. Uh, the baseball had an idea. They just decided to play games normally. And they've had two big outbreaks and a couple other small ones. So we've seen that, that it's, it's happened a little bit in baseball. Yep. How are college, I mean, colleges, I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, come on. How are we going to have colleges even stay open, let alone play sports with this? We're not talking 30 Major League Baseball teams with a bunch of adults. We're talking, you know, 30, 35 college football teams all in the South, all on massive campuses, which are currently in session or about to be in session and we know what college students like to do on the weekends to go outside and get drunk. Mm-hmm. So I don't see, I don't even see these schools being open by the end of the month, let alone there being sports. I would say by the end of the month, in a couple of weeks, we'll be at 
back to online learning again by Labor Day. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Kelsey, right now, my wife is uh, going through a bunch of stuff uh, for orientation for St. Cloud State. Uh, they're doing kind of a hybrid style. Of course, she's in the College of Science and Engineering, which is far more hands-on and stuff. So uh, going through a number of different things there. So uh, she's uh, going through a, her busiest week of the year. So uh, shout out to her for all the good work that and all the long hours that she's put in because she's had to do a lot and she's doing a great job for the College of Science and Engineering. So we'll see how colleges go. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. However, you know, you talked about the bubble. You talked about the NBA and the NHL. The NBA playoffs are starting. Uh, so we'll do our little NBA preview, shall we say, uh, in the East. Now the playoffs have started and there's already been a gigantic shock. And it's the Orlando Magic taking down the Bucks. The, the, the top seed, Giannis, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Magic beat them in game one, uh, 122 to 110. I still think the Bucks will win, and in fact, I will pick the Bucks to be the Eastern Conference representatives, uh, but they have not played well since the restart. So what do you, who do you think is the team to beat in the East? I only give two teams a chance, really. I guess Milwaukee and Boston in my other one. I don't like Boston. I mean, they'll beat Philadelphia. They don't got Ben Simmons, so they don't have to worry about him not shooting threes, which will be a big, a big uh, disappointment for me. So I think it's Boston and, and Milwaukee. I guess I would feel better about Boston right now than Milwaukee. Um, if Miami can get past Indiana. That'd be a pretty good second round series, Milwaukee and Miami. Yes. But yep. um, I mean, everybody's everybody's looking at this Blazers Lakers deal here. So the, I mean, the East is kind of boring, like it usually is. Yes. Yep. And when I guess it's not, at least LeBron's not there, and it's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be the Miami or Cleveland, like it was for nearly ten years. But, uh, yeah, if it's, um, I, I would say Milwaukee and Boston, Miami, give them like a 2% chance, but I don't see anybody else besides Milwaukee or Boston coming out of that deal. How dare you just dismiss the Toronto Raptors? Oh, yeah, I, 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 honestly, they never even crossed my mind when I was talking. I, they didn't <laughs> even cross my mind. I, I guess, yeah, I'd give them a chance, I guess. Didn't even cross my mind that the defending champion. That's funny. What are they, the two seed? They are they take on Boston? Yeah, they're two. I hope Boston beat, so I don't want to see Toronto in there, for Christ's sake. If they were wearing their purple jerseys, I'd be all over it. But, uh, yeah, you you switch to red, that's no good. And, uh, how... Yeah. How upsetting is it? Because I agree. So like, so what I have is I have the Bucks in five. I have the, the, the Raptors in five. I have the Celtics in six. And I have the Heat in six. The Heat Bucks will be a very good, uh, uh, you know, second round matchup. I like then, you know, I think that Celtics Raptors will be good. I have the Celtics though against the Bucks. I have the Bucks coming out of the East. That should be good. How upsetting is it that the Phoenix Suns go eight and zero in the restart, and they don't even get a chance to get to the playoffs? I thought it was anyone who was within a game 
would have a shot at the eight seed. Like they'd have to do this little round robin trio between the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers and the Suns, and the Suns don't even get a chance at it. Like that to me, the NBA deserves a lot of grief for that because that's that's stupid. They were so bad in the regular season that even winning all eight in a row it didn't matter. Well, I mean, so Portland I was t- Portland was bad too. But I, I mean, I. I Portland, I think, like we said last week, I don't think anybody would pick the Suns over the Lakers. Like, there's people picking Portland over the Lakers, as unlikely as this probably is. Like, Portland made the conference final last year, I believe. And and we're two games away from the finals. The Suns are the Suns. They played great, and they couldn't have played any better than they did. But, like, nobody cares about any series in the first round except for Lakers-Portland. And it's a one versus eight. And Damien Lillard, Adam and him, and Carmelo and C.J. McCollum. That's that's what this whole thing is about. Lakers, uh, by all means, they should win this series in five or six. But uh, this is the only series I, I care about. I, I cannot see the Trailblazers pulling it off. As great as Damian Lillard is, I think the Trailblazers are just too tired. You know, the the number of comebacks that they had to do, the overtime games that they've had to play, the amount of close games, and the heroics of Damian Lillard. I can't see the Trailblazers coming away with an upset. I know Charles Barkley's picking them, but Charles Barkley says stupid stuff sometimes. And But I still love him. Love him to death. He's, he's the best. Um, Lakers have not been good. Are they three and five in the bubble? Well, so, but so, like are, I, so are the Bucs. I'll give Portland, Portland like a 40% chance. I'll pick the Lakers like in six. So I'll give Portland like a four in ten chance of doing this. Uh, Lakers have not been impressive. They've not been good. I know. I, uh, and, and, and with this, you know, home court advantage, there is no home court advantage. So There's no home court advantage. There's no travel. Or you gotta, oh, they got three days off between games. It's, yeah. Everybody is at the home game for everybody. So shouldn't then we see the likelihood for ups, for more upsets Maybe. all over? The place then all over in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Because like, sometimes just the talent, I think, just weighs out. Um, I think on a neutral court, you take the best team. I think maybe another way to look at it is if the underdog does play at home, that gives them an extra edge that they would not have otherwise. So maybe it's to the benefit of the the better team. I don't know. You could, you could come up with a couple of different theories. So, Orlando would be the team that has the home court advantage because they're playing in Lake Buena Vista. uh, I mean, right outside of Orlando. You would. Um, And I don't think there there is a difference uh, or there, there is no home court advantage, as we've said, for the NBA. They change who the home team is in the NHL because whoever's the home team has the advantage of changing their lines first in the first uh, changing their lines like the first line second line like in the first and the third period uh so there is an advantage to being the home team on the scoreboard from that standpoint in hockey basketball doesn't have that um so I just I think the trailblazers are too tired I know the Lakers haven't played great in the bubble but neither have the bucks uh, the Bucks certainly have the easier road. Um, I'm, fine, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by this Nuggets-Jazz series just by the sheer fact that there's two teams that are like in the middle of 
the West in the middle of nowhere, shall we say. Like, they don't have, outside of their respective cities, no one's... Who, how many nuggets? How dare you disrespect how, my Denver Nuggets? I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I, I, I can't, I can't buy into them. And Utah's great with Donovan oh, Mitchell. Mike Conley is a great point guard. In fact, I would take the Jazz to beat the Nuggets if it wasn't for Conley having to leave for the birth of his child. I think I saw that he has returned to the bubble, but he still would have to do, I think, what at least a four-day quarantine. Four to seven days, so just that the amount of time that he's going to miss from that, I think that gives the edge to the Nuggets. But I don't think the Nuggets have any chance of being. I think the Rockets have a better chance of advancing to the NBA Finals than the Nuggets do. I mean, I like the Nuggets. I know you. I do. liked them last year. I like yeah. the Nuggets are my team. I think they can make the conference finals. They would have to beat the Clippers in the second round. Yeah, that's not. I think happening. they can do that. I would. But they went, uh, what, they went seven games against Portland last year and up losing that. But, like, yeah, I can see it. Like, nobody really sticks out. Maybe the Lakers and the Bucks here in a couple weeks, so cream rises to the top. But, you know, maybe it'll be same old, same old boring-ass NBA where it's one of the two seats making it. But, yeah, Portland, I, I've not watched a ton of this, but, yeah, I'm, Portland, I'm very interested. I got a, I got a ripped city hat. So there's Rip City on it. Very good. Like that. Very good. And uh, I, I think Portland's going to. I think Portland. Because all these other series, like, who honestly cares? Who the hell cares who wins any of these um, series? But I want, I want Portland to beat the Lakers. Well, you know what? Portland's going to lose, and then they can go back to the riots and stuff in Portland. So that's. Oh, okay. Um, I. It's. Here's, here's my bet. I, I don't know what, what you want to bet me, but I will bet you this. Yeah? If Portland beats the Lakers, you pay my fee the 20 bucks or whatever for the fantasy book. Okay. Done. I don't know what the Lakers, if the Lakers win, what I give you, I don't know. If I give you anything, what I don't know what that would be. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll be something of far less significant, uh, of yeah. far less monetary value. Than, than that because the odds are heavily in my favor. I mean, it would be great if Portland wins because I hate the Lakers. Um, I'll, buy, I'll buy your meal at the Summer League tournament that won't happen next year oh, Chris. at Buffalo Wild Wings on Sunday night. Okay, very good. Very good. I'll take that. By, by meal, it'll just Over be a couple of drives, drinks. jumpers. Good start, Portland. Good start. Good, good I, job. I hope good they job. do it. I hope I hope Charles is proven right. And I, hope, uh, I hope you are right in this, and I would be happy to pay your fee in the uh, in the fantasy football league this year. Um, and, and, and honestly, both of our things are unlikely to happen. Oh, absolutely. Will there be a fantasy football season? Probably. Will there be a complete season? Maybe. Some league tournament? Probably not going to happen. No. No, but I would agree with that. Well, who? you know what, though? I can't say that because who knows where we're at by this time or, you know, by the you know, March of next year with vaccines. And I've got, I've got stuff. a guess. I've got a guess of where we're going to be at. I know. I think it's going to be very similar to where we're at right now. Yes. I, That's my guess. I, I know you are. I hope you're as wrong about that as you are going to be wrong about the college football season if that happens. But I, 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 believe, I, oh. fear, I fear you will be right. I really yeah. I do. So I have the, the Bucks and the Clippers in the NBA Finals. Wow. And I have Kawhi Leonard... Winning his second straight championship 
uh, and the Clippers winning and being the toast of the town in L.A. for one season. Uh, the Clippers have not played great. I've been very disappointed by the Clippers this season, uh, mainly because of the amount of rest that they constantly do and um, like in the, the injuries and stuff. But I believe Kawhi Leonard's going to take his... Uh, Take it to the same level, if not higher, that he did last year in the finals, and I think uh, I think they will ultimately win. Portland's off to a very good start this game. Good. Um, I took Bucks over Lakers one seed versus one seed. Very boring. If I were to change it up a little bit, I would take Boston and Portland. I guess. Whoa. Boston over Portland. Whoa. Really mix it up. How many eight seeds have ever beaten a one seed in the NBA? What we have the the last time was it the Warriors over the Mavericks? I think the Grizzlies beat the Spurs a few years ago too. Oh yeah, maybe they did. Speaking of the Spurs, this is the first year since 1996-97 season that the San Antonio Spurs are not in the NBA playoffs. Think, fire their coach. Yeah, fire Greg Popovich. What a bum. It was. Nuggets over Sonics in 94. Yep. It was Knicks over Heat in 99 in the 50-game season. Yeah. And it was those two examples, Memphis over San Antonio, I believe. I think, I'm pretty sure. And then it was, when we were freshman in college, the great series, the Warriors over the Mavericks. Yes. And that was the year that Dirk Nowitzki was the MVP and well, received the MVP. Was it after the season or was it during that series and, the, and he lost it? Probably in the playoffs. Yeah. Probably after he was knocked out. Yep. Yeah. Funny. Very, very yep. funny. So NBA playoffs going on there. Uh, NHL playoffs continuing to go on in Toronto and Edmonton. We're having a number of uh, p- potential upsets, uh, disappointments from the Washington Capitals. Uh, my Carolina. So you're telling me the Washington hockey team disappointed in the playoffs. You're telling me that? Y- yes, yes, I am. Well, they won the Stanley Cup Call a couple years ago. They won. Me shocked. All my teams, my Villanovas, my Washington Capitals, the teams I shit on all the time for being bad, finally uh, Dude, win one. You cannot shit on Villanova though anymore. Villanova men's basketball is good. Two. They are going to be. Okay. They are going to be in the Final Four next year, along with. They My, won two, didn't they? Didn't they win two? They, they did. Win they did they win two. two. Yep. Uh, long they won two. And, 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 and my Virginia squad. Yes. My Virginia squad. My, Fantastic. Yes, Virginia. Yes, my Virginia squad. Our Virginia squad is going to be back in the Final Four next year, along with, uh, I said, Creighton and, do I dare say Michigan State? No, I'll say Gonzaga. I think I have to change that up now from North Carolina. I'm going to say Gonzaga. So, uh Change that up there. So NHL's going on. We'll, we'll hopefully talk with Mark, or I'll talk with Marcus here in a little bit. Um, he was at the baseball. I can also ask him about the baseball. He was there far more than I was. I was only there because I had to be to call the games. I had to call uh, Marcus. He was there for just fun, so he likes it a lot. Oh, okay. Had that overtime game at this time last week. The what the five overtime game between. Tampa and Columbus wasn't that, was that wasn't that great. And then there's talk about oh maybe the NHL needs to cap playoff overtime at like say three. No, you let them keep going. How much of that overtime game did you watch? Not a lot. I got home like at five. It was like in the second overtime. I was talking to you at like seven eight o'clock. It was in the fifth overtime. I didn't see the last goal. That's all I saw. Oh, so it was just on. 
I wish he would just go on forever. So that's good. Playoff overtime hockey is honestly the best thing in sports. It, especially it's a game, good. especially a game seven playoff overtime. There is nothing oh. better in sports than playoff overtime hockey game seven. Yeah, and that's what I fear right about the Seattle Kraken are going to be. Have you seen the Kraken's uniform or their their no. logo? Take a gander at this. I hate it. Vegas? No, the the Seattle Kraken. Oh, the Kraken. Yeah, they're okay. It's uh, what is it kind of? Champagne, or they got blue in there. Yeah, yes, it's it looks almost like they took like oh yeah, it's like a it's a navy blue and like a greenish blue tint to it. You know what they oh. they failed miserably because they should have just taken the Seattle Supersonic colors and made that the uniform. The name is great. Yeah, oh, the logo is pretty good. With the jersey, I don't. Yeah. So it's like a swing and a miss there on the on the logo and the and the jerseys. Um, should have the been name, in, in the car. The name was perfect. Yes, yes, absolutely. Release the Kraken, and uh, they will they will be sponsored by that that Kraken rum. So you can you can bet uh, bet a, a good dollar, good sum of money that the that Kraken rum will be a sponsor of that team in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm on a lot of topics. Anything else that you need to to discuss? Where do you stand on uh, Doctor Pepper? Have you found some guy that's in your fridge at the moment, or where are you at on that? Uh, because of the Doctor Pepper shortage going on, is that what we're talking about are you a here? Man, are, are you a big Doctor Pepper? I love Doctor Pepper. You do. Okay. I do, and there I know there's a shortage. Uh, hopefully. It's not for too long. Um, was it a can aluminum shortage or what was it? Doing? I don't know because I heard that there's an aluminum shortage. Like they were talking about a beer shortage because there's a shortage on aluminum cans. So I don't know if it's if it's an aluminum can issue with Dr. Pepper. It seems odd that Pepsi and Coke wouldn't be experiencing this. Um, we have been able to... To maintain our Dr. Pepper supply, but I'm yes, I'm a big Dr. Pepper fan, and I hope it if it goes away, it doesn't go away for long. Are you talking to Charlie anytime soon? Uh, probably next week. We had a great article a few weeks ago about a pork chop in a gas station. Did you Ooh, hear about that? I did not. Oh man, check his Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. There's a southern gas station in Iowa. I don't know, 15, 20 miles away, maybe not that far from where he's at, Northwest Iowa. And um, some roasted pork chop in a gas station. Who the hell would think there'd be this great pork chop in a gas station? Well, who would have ever thought that the best barbecue in the country would be at a gas station in Kansas City? Who knew? We go to your gas stations where you're great meats, apparently. So he uh, wrote a little column about it and how he went there and they were out. And he was very disappointed and he wrote a column about it. And the uh, manager of the gas station, whatever, actually got a hold of Charlie and said, come on out, we'll have a free pork chop for you, and whatever. And then he wrote about that, and it looked like he very much enjoyed his pork chop. So well, That's good. I will have to talk about that with him uh, when we talk next week. 
Maybe not even uh, out of the realm of possibility to call that the highlight of the summer. Really? The pork chop. So we'll see how good that was. Um, I don't know if I told this uh, well before. I've also got a new flavor of the sparkly water that Mm -hmm. is in my rotation now. Yeah. Uh, We know about the key lime, the original. Are we talking? Is this high V sparkling water or? Yeah, this is the uh, this is the Clear American high V. No, this is uh, that's, that's Walmart Clear America. Walmart. Yes. Walmart. Yep. Walmart Clear America. So you had the key lime. It tastes like Sprite. That's good. Yes. We also had the the cherry lime. My Home favorite. Different. Also yep. very good. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I think you're a fan of the Fuji apple. I think. Uh no, I the cherry limeade's pretty okay. much. Uh, my go-to. Like, I found a new one. I like grapefruits. Oh. It tastes like grapefruit. It's not grapefruit, but it tastes like grapefruit, I think. Okay. It is. It is tangerine mango. Ooh, that sounds refreshing. I tried it. Like, all right, this to me tastes like grapefruit. I'm like, all right, tangerine mango. So I've got three in the rotation right now. Very excited about that. So if you go, the next time you go to a Hy-Vee, uh, Hy-Vee's got great flavored waters. Absolutely fantastic. I'm boy, I'm down. I'm compared to the, what Walmart's got, I don't know what Hy-Vee does or what I'm missing. Yeah. Or I'm, not, I'm not taking the right, uh, the right brands or the right flavors. Have you tried the Hy-Vee ones? I think I have and it just don't taste the same. Okay. Target's got terrible ones. Don't go for the Target ones, the Market Pantry. You can't go for that. I, uh, I never go to Target. I went to Target a couple months ago, and I was astonished in Sioux Falls to see a bunch of groceries in there. Yeah. I was like, when in the hell has Target been selling produce and groceries? I never go to a Target, so this could have been 10 years ago, for all I know. It's been, it's been for a while. I... It's been a I Target and food. I, I apparently it was probably like Walmart and food. Yep. Back when that was not normal, but now it is. So if you go to go to Hy-Vee and I, their raspberry and their peach Melba are the the cream of the crop there. Peach Melba All is right. my favorite. I really it's it's outstanding. And then if you were ever to get to a Costco at some point, if oh. you ever. Uh, you know, if Melissa gets a Costco membership or something, the Kirkland sparkling water is fantastic. Uh, the black raspberry water in particular is as, as smooth as you could possibly get for a sparkling water. Highly recommend. My, my parents had a Costco card a few years ago or so, and they let that expire. I've been there a couple times. Very impressive facility. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. I. With the, with the bulk and it, such. it is a very dangerous place for me to shop. Yeah. So there's that. Also, want to mention New Zealand. And I was thinking, who who was the, the female prime minister that was really tough on coronavirus? To yes. Them? They're yep. in the news again since they've got a spike. Have you seen their spike stacking? Uh, it's like what a spike to seven or ten. Yes. The spike of they didn't have a case for like a hundred and two days. Mm-hmm. And now they. Now, the entire country of New Zealand, island, what, outside of Australia, I think it's about the size of Colorado, it's got over 5 million people, 5, 6 million people, they didn't have a coronavirus case for three months, and now they have an outbreak and they have like, you know, 15 or 20. Uh, they've got 90 active cases in, in the entire country. 
and they are shutting things down. They moved their election back a month, and like that is how you defeat that. I mean, that that's inconceivable here. A hundred days without a case, and they were able to do that. Well, so again, you are, you are talking yeah. about a very small country with a small population compared to the United States. But your greater point is is, well, is it, well taken. I mean, it's fine. It's you know, probably the population of Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I I I agree. Like it. It would be nice to do. It's just, you know, when you're looking yeah, at the like, size and the number of people, it's far easier to control five or six million people than it is 300 million. The Minnesota couldn't even control any, it. Any state, like, like any state, you know, Montana, Idaho, Rhode Island, a tiny state, South Dakota, even we're not anywhere near. I think we're 10,000. 10,000. Yeah. And Vermont. Total. Vermont's done a very good job. Who? Vermont. Vermont. Yes. But just, just to see a country like New Zealand with like five or six million, very, I mean, maybe the tightest restrictions that there were, mm-hmm. and to see them do that and to see what resulted in it, it's like, oh, yes, that's what you should do and what you have to do to defeat this. And now it's just funny that they've got a spike, a spike of like, you know, oh, we had seven new cases or we had 10 new cases. That's just hilarious. It was like something like, no, hundreds of, what was it, hundreds of counties. Yeah, 400 American counties had at least 14 new cases yesterday. And New Zealand had 13 on Tuesday. 13 new cases among 5 million people, and they're going nuts and shutting everything down. Meanwhile, we have 14 counties in this country uh, have more than that. So that's just funny, though, the comparison. And then dumb shit says, oh, the spike in New Zealand, we don't want that. It's like, dude... We got that every day here. So right. uh, Trailblazers, by the way, right now up twenty six to fifteen. So it's looking good for you so far through uh, half of a quarter. So one final point. One final point. Yes. We have purchased a house here in Mitchell. Ooh. So we're moving. Melissa's moving here. I tried to look in Sioux Falls. Uh, radio jobs not available. Just not available. All so right. staying here for the time being. Hopefully, a month from now, we'll be in this new house. Well, congratulations! I, you you were in the process of moving what a year ago or whenever that was. And that yes. was a pain in the ass, I'm sure. Yes. So we look at a house a couple weekends ago that we liked. We didn't get it. Ended up looking at another house this weekend, and we got that one. We'll come finishing up the. All oh, that's paperwork and shit. You got to finish up with that. Congratulations. So, you guys will uh, enjoy home ownership, I hope. I hope so. So, I think we got a good deal uh, back here. That I don't think it's been lived in for quite some time. It still looks nice. Backyard needs some work. Uh, just on trimming shit down. We've seen pictures of what it should look like, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll, we'll get it back. It's back amazing what a well-trimmed yard and well-manicured yard does yes. to the entire rest of the house it's just it, it frames it so well only negative is it's a one stall garage that's the only negative um and now a very you're... nice front porch oh that's my good. favorite thing in the whole house is front porch is beautiful good so i like that a lot and uh in the basement it's kind of separated by three quarters of a wall mm-hmm. i would like to knock the wall down and just make that one big open space what are you berlin here 
Huh? What are you, Berlin? Tear down this wall. Tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Tear it down. So I would like to tear down this goddamn basement wall. Instead of having two small rooms, you got one bigger room. So that's... All right. They seem... It would be seem fairly easy to do. There's maybe some pickup. It's just a non-load-bearing wall, so knock that down. Instead of two 10 by 10 rooms, you got a big 10 by 20 room. So are you... With the porch are you... Are you going to have to snow blow, or are you just going to shovel? Going to do what? Are you going to have to snow blow your driveway, or are you just going to shovel? Oh. The garage is in the back, so I think we're good. If there's an alley in the back, and you, you look at the front of the house, and you don't see the garage. Okay. So I don't. I think we're just going to have to maybe shovel off the sidewalk, just in front. So I think that that should be fairly easy. Well, very good. And. The alley, and I don't know, like if we get a foot of snow, I don't know what we're going to do with an alley. It does, I, I assume that the snow plow probably can't fit in this alley, so I don't know what happens if you get a big snow, but uh, we'll see what happens if we live there long enough. The okay, only negative is a one saw garage. Other than that, I think everything is good, and we, and we got it for less than what they paid for it four years ago, so I don't know why. They have some water damage to the floors, but they replaced those. Okay. So uh, it's been on the market for a long time, and it's cheaper than what it was when it sold four years ago. Uh, I feel like we got a good deal. Well, well congr- congratulations. If you have any questions regarding home ownership and moving and all that stuff, let me know. Uh, yes. I'll be and happy I to. Ask to sell her house. Hopefully that goes quickly, and also has to get a job here. She had a job interview Monday, and hopefully she gets that job. So. Well, very good. A lot of big things happening very quickly. Very good. Well, congratulations to the both of you. And uh, I look forward to hearing more about this over the coming weeks. Yes. Also, I'll send you the information. Fantastic. All right. Congrats. Got a metal metal roof. Ooh, a metal roof. Well, hopefully lightning doesn't strike. Willard for three. Bang. They're kicking their ass. Just kicking their ass. Look at it. I can't wait to pay your entry fee. I can't wait for it to be paid. <laughs> Very good. Congrats again, my friend, and we'll chat next week. All right, I'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here with the big news. He's purchased a house. Excellent job. Congrats to he and Melissa. And uh, congrats to the Trailblazers right now. As of the recording of this podcast, they're beating the Lakers. So we'll see if Charles Barkley and Travis's uh, prediction does come true and the Trailblazers beat the Lakers. That maybe they'd run out of gas. Maybe not. We'll try and get Marcus on next to talk some hockey. No Charlie this week. We're going to take a, uh, a week hiatus. Hasn't been a lot going on in regards to college football since we last spoke, but we'll get him on uh, next week uh, or the next time there's any big news. But I'm guessing there will be something to talk about next week, especially as colleges continue to try and do online classes and then revert back. But coming up next, Hockey Talk, hopefully with Marcus, and we'll wrap things up on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis on Twitter at Travis Grins. Link to the podcast post middle to later part of each week. More Hockey Talk from the bubble. We're not really in the bubble. We're not in Toronto or Edmonton. But Marcus and I hopefully will talk hockey next. That's coming up on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, time to talk some hockey. 
And to do that, we bring in my good friend and our resident hockey expert from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stacking. How are you? Good, good. Um, first, before we get into the hockey, uh, talked with Travis a little bit about the Legion Baseball, or the Amateur Baseball Tournament. Don't want to say Legion. Amateur Baseball Tournament. Take, that took place in Mitchell last week. You got to take in some games. Uh, what did you think of the tournament overall? What What was your favorite part of it? Well, I mean, for good or bad, it, it felt like any other uh, state tournament, and that's a great sign for you know considering what we've been through this year uh, with with the coronavirus. Um, and there were a lot of people there. It, you know, there wasn't a ton of social distancing happening. Uh, but I'd imagine that, you know, we should hopefully come through this relatively well. I, I would say we'll fare better than Sturgis, uh, you know, <laughs> probably will. But, um, you know, just, just fun to, to watch the games, uh, you know, 31, game, 31 you know, games involving small towns over 12 days. And uh, this year, I mean, it went by in, in a blur. And just for a lot of teams, they're, they're frankly not very good, but their whole deal is, is to get to the state tournament mm-hmm. and get more people than normally watching, I mean, it's for sure the biggest crowds. Um, a lot of these teams are going to play play in front of, uh, even if they get beat in the first round. So uh, it's it's a fun atmosphere between uh, you know the burgers and the beers and uh, the bingo games and all that. So it's it's a, a lot of fun and uh, it's just it's it's kind of a rite of summer, right? You know, yeah. in Minnesota, a lot of people play to the state fair. Um, and, and South Dakota is a state fair too, but I, you know, there's a lot of people, at least in this area, that look forward to the amateur baseball tournament every year. Wow, and the four B's, baseball, burgers, beer, and bingo, you can't go wrong with that. You really can't. And so did it Did it feel a little different this year? Did it have a little extra impact because of COVID? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, there, there weren't uh, ball kits, uh, you know, running and, and uh, you know, man, manning the bats and picking up the foul balls and that sort of thing. Um, there's screens set up at the concession stand like we've gotten used to. Uh, some people wearing masks, but not very many. Um, but other than that, it felt relatively normal. Uh, you know, there's hand sanitizer stations up, and there was a lot of signage and, and PA reminders. But well, other than that, it felt pretty much like a normal tournament, and I would say not a lot of behaviors were changed, um, which I think, you know, it's not something to be... Uh, replicated or, or necessarily proud of but uh, until now South Dakota has, has demonstrated a, a relatively um, low number of cases now that may change here going forward yep. uh, based based on Sturgis and based on so you know the amateur tournament could be a, a source of that but uh, we've got the state fair coming up the South Coast state fair is happening even though Minnesota's and Iowa's and other states aren't, aren't having theirs uh, Corn Palace Festival, which is Mitchell's, you know, kind of fair and carnival, that's happening next week, uh, mostly unchanged. So, and then school starting this week in South Dakota. So, I would not be surprised to see the cases go up, and that means uh, people will be on guard going forward. Christy Nome ain't scared. She ain't scared of no COVID. Well, she's protecting everybody's freedom. So, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, she's she's allowing everybody to have their freedom, and then we shall be. Eternally grateful if you ask her at least. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and she's saying no to the uh, to the extra what the the stimulus checks or whatever that South Dakota doesn't need that. All right. Well. Yeah. Well, she yeah she took down the, the extra unemployment. Uh, yeah, unemployment. Uh, yeah. We we actually had a story you know, a week ago about 
that some businesses in Mitchell had had uh, problems getting people hired back because the unemployment was more than what they were making. Now, I don't know what that says about what they were making in the first place, but um, there may be some validity to that, but it's still a really bad look when you say, well, we're not going to take the money from the federal government because we want to look like we've got it under control, you know. A lot of people were put out of work in March and April. Yes, they uh, were. When this thing first hit, so and I, like we like we've kind of been alluding to, I don't think we're out of the work, work yet. No, no, we are certainly not. Uh, where the COVID is not is not hitting is the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, for what the third straight week, the NHL has had zero positive tests. Uh, the NBA's done a fantastic job in Orlando, and the NHL should get equally lauded for their work and with how the, well they've done so far handling Toronto and Edmonton and these NHL playoffs. Yeah, I saw somebody make the case that you know, in some ways uh, you could argue that the NHL has done better than the NBA just because uh, they've had to pull off two bubbles, yep. you know, even though they're in a, a country that's managed the virus better than we have um you know you had to get all the teams there and you had to you know get everything in place and, um so it has been an admirable job i think between the nba and the nhl and mls to a certain degree yep. uh, it is a guide going forward i think the, the uh major league baseball playoffs will be in a bubble i mean i just cannot see uh, i think they're going to limp to the end of the season and, and try to not have any more cases disrupt games as much as possible but if you want to have any realistic chance of getting the postseason in uninterrupted, that's what needs to happen. So yep. uh, I think the I think League Baseball will plan on that. Um, we know what the NFL's situation is; they're not going to do it. Uh, but from what I've seen, they seem to be pretty strict about uh, the precautions and having protocols in place. So I'm interested to see how that will go. I'm not convinced it'll be perfect, but I think it's got a chance. Well, the NFL has said that there won't be any cheerleaders or mascots on the field this year. There won't be any sideline reporters, or there won't be any, um, like, on the pregame shows, they won't have those reporters down on the field at all, so I don't know what that means, like, where they're going to do their live shots at, so the NFL is definitely going to look weird this year. Um, well, and, and I saw a tweet today, uh, Tom Pellicero, NFL Network, had, had said that um, one of the things they're going to do is basically when you travel, I mean, the entire traveling party is going to be locked in the hotel or locked down in the hotel. Uh, you know, at first, I think it was maybe believed that it would just be players and coaches, but pretty much all the staff that's with these teams, I mean, if you're ordering food, it's it's getting delivered or, yep. or dropped off. There's no going out and getting it, so... To me, that's a good sign that, you know, uh, unless you're a Seattle Seahawk uh, trying to stick your girlfriend <laughs> into the train camp thing, uh, we shouldn't have any issues of, of people trying to get to strip clubs or bars or something. So Let's um, hope they get that, married, though. Let's hope that they have a nice, happy ending. I mean, he probably got a happy ending, but... Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like, hey, I'm caught. Can I just do what I need to do here, and then I can kick me out of here? But I don't know if that's if that's what happened or not, and... Uh, yeah, I, I, I just knew what Seahawks player she was trying to be when he was trying to sneak her in. And, and uh, you know, was she wearing shoulder pads? I mean, that wasn't that obvious. I know there's videotape out there. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, it's a, just, it's a very funny situation that can only happen in uh, 2020 in the COVID world that we live in. While we're on the NFL, 
what are your thoughts on these teams? Some teams saying that they won't have uh, fans in the stands for multiple games. Some teams are saying, no, we're going to. Like the Chiefs have capped it off at 22% or roughly 16,000 fans per game. I haven't heard anything from the Vikings yet. Um, I would hope they would have some fans in the stands, but... I'm thinking maybe that's not likely. What are your thoughts on like some of these various teams, whether it be the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Titans, saying we aren't going to have fans for the first two games? And then you have teams like the Chiefs and the Lions who are saying, like, yeah, we're going to have fans if possible. Yeah, uh, you know, we're going to be NFC North and the Packers, at least for the first two games. And the Bears this weekend announced that they weren't going to have fans, at least to start. I didn't know about the Lions, so that's interesting that they're going to be um, That's what I, they're planning. They haven't officially said anything yet, but okay. the, their plan is to have fans at all eight games. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. Um, this is just a uh, just a complete shot in the dark. But I would guess that uh, maybe deciding which fans are going to be among your ten or fifteen thousand. Uh, if you if you're the Vikings, let's say you've got twenty five thousand ticket uh, season ticket holders or whatever the number is. Let's just say it's half the stadium. It's thirty thousand or whatever. How do you decide who's going to be the ones that are going to be the you know are going to get the tickets? I you know you're going to alienate some of them or try to get you know some of them to defer uh, their tickets to the next season. Um, I think I think NFL teams uh, can have a small amount of fans in the stands. I think it can be done. Yes, um, I do too. I, I don't I don't I don't uh, begrudge the teams that are saying, "Well, we're just we're just not going to do it. We're not ready, or or we don't think it's safe." That's that's fine. But I honestly think you can put 10,000 or 15,000 fans in U.S. Bank Stadium and you'll be fine. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, how exactly you pull that off and how do you tell uh, the season ticket only that's been sitting at the 50-yard you know, line for the last however many years, well, now you're sitting on the third level or whatever the breakdown would be. I, you know, maybe they would just be grateful to be in the stadium. That's probably the I, case. But, I would have to uh, think so. Like, don't you under? Can't you understand that things are going to be different? I mean, they've. I think they've already said they're going to tarp off like the first six to eight rows anyway. Yeah, so those season yeah. ticket holders were shit out of luck to begin with. Well, and that that uh, that is more so a uh, way to get some some of these sponsors on TV. From yes. The sounds of it. You know, yes. Gonna, yes. Absolutely. Uh, it makes they're, sense. They're going to be they're going to be within view of the you know the, the broadcast camera and. And uh, kind of like baseball has had in some regards, and, and uh, the NBA. So that makes sense uh, to do that. Um, so I think they can pull it off. I I agree with you. I, I'm I'm guessing the Vikings won't have fans uh, just with with the way things have gone and where the restrictions have come from the state of Minnesota. But um, I I think they should try. I think it's worth trying. And honestly, uh, because we don't need to say that the Wills. Uh, need the money or, or anything, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to feel bad for sports team owners, but they should have an opportunity to make some money yes. uh, on tickets, if that's at all possible. Yep. Um, and and uh, albeit an outdoor sport, Minnesota has done that with the St. Paul Saints and capped attendance at 1500 and they've had games where they've sold out. I think give these businesses a chance to make it work and, uh, you know, Let's just use U.S. Bank Stadium as an example. If it's a big enough building um, with enough space, I think we can pull it off. Yeah, and if you know if the Saints are making it work, I would think maybe that gives that should give the Vikings a little more uh, hope and some leverage, perhaps that hey, if the Saints can do this, you know, we can make sure that we get this pulled off. And I just can't imagine 
the Vikings and Packers week one at U.S. Bank Stadium and it being completely empty. I just it, it will be weird if there are ten thousand or fifteen thousand people and they are all spread out. I mean, you can scream your head off uh, cheering, but it's it's going to feel quiet for yes. sure. Uh, so that, but I, I completely agree with you. I, I thought the same thing, especially when the, the schedule was announced. It's like I I don't want that game to be played in front of nobody. But again, we all we're all making concessions. Um, we all agree that we'd rather see being played than not at all. Yep, and. Uh, um, I, I just think that at some point, uh, I'm a believer that we're going to live with this virus for a while. Uh, even even if the, the um, vaccine is close, and it is close, it's getting closer every day, which is a great sign. But um, I just think like we've got to learn to live with it, and in some ways, we've got to let things get back to to normal. I hate using that phrase, but um, you know, if you're the wild or the Timberwolves, you know. Are you really? How long are you going to play with no fans in your own arena? Or when the situations may restart? So I think you know, and in Major League Baseball, I'd imagine that by the end of the season, some team is going to try to get the fans in. I just, yeah. you know, somebody's going to have to. I think the Cincinnati Reds said that place. they, the Cincinnati Reds said they were going to try. They like submitted a plan. Uh, to Major League Baseball because they had gotten the approval from like the Cincinnati City Council uh, and the mayor, and I think they were just waiting on Major League Baseball's approval and the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, uh, his approval. I don't know if they got it or where that stands, but I know they were among the first teams anyway to s- submit a plan to get fans in the stands. Yep, I, I just think, you know, you might as well take a crack at it. I, I think, you know, 5,000 people at a ballpark or 10,000 people in an NFL stadium is as safe as anything else that would be going on right now. Uh, that, you know, where we've got concerts happening outside and that seems like more of a risk. So, uh, you know, controlled environment where you're controlling, uh, you know, people going into the bathrooms and how they're going to the concourses and what gates are coming in and how they're getting their seat. I just think it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, you were talking about the virus being with us for a while, maybe things not getting back to normal. Well, I, I saw an article that Coach K uh, said that the NCAA tournament needs to happen. I mean, that was the first big tournament. The domino to fall in the sports world was no NCAA tournament. And they said well, they need that because that's where the NCAA makes the money. And you can't have two years without an NCAA tournament. So we'll see if that happens or not. Uh, more yeah, on that to I come. Mean, the, uh College basketball is going to be really interesting this year. I mean, it, it, one, it's it's when do you think it's going to start? I I, I kind of think it's it's going to be around July or January one. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many now conference games are going to be played. There's been talk of a bubble, uh, at least involving the power conference teams. Um, I think a bubble, you know, as as is being shown here, if you can lock it down and, and do this for a month, um, and we know that college students can distance learn from anywhere at this rate. Yep. Um, think about, you know, bubbles where even a, a team like SCSU gets eight non-conference games in in a month. And then they, uh, you know, they bring it back. And who knows if you can get a, if a summer league tournament or a Big Ten, uh, excuse me, summer league conference season or Big Ten conference season, who knows if that can happen. But I agree that they're going to have to play an NCAA tournament. I think everybody knows that because there's just no – um, college sports are so messed up right now because of this. It's it's hard to really know what it, what's going to happen, but uh, there will be an NCAA tournament uh, next spring, bubble or otherwise, and 
If it, to me, if it's got to have 300 teams in it, great. Yeah, I, I feel okay with that. To, they have to find a way to play it. Or it knows there'll be TV networks will be ready to air it. We'll all be interested. We'll, we'll have to print out our brackets on 11 by 17 paper or something, but um, it'll, it'll be fine. Yep, and whether it be in March, April, or May, um, it'll happen, and, and I will certainly be glued to my television uh, watching it and, and devices and whatnot. Uh, it's been weird. I, I would, I would, I would honestly say it seems like a, a ninety-six teams might be a lock. You know, yeah, uh, just based on just based. You know, they've, they've kind of alluded to it in the past. You know, if they're ever going to go to it, this might be the year. Yeah, um, I'd love for it to just stay at sixty-four or sixty-eight, but that may happen. Yeah, and maybe this would be just. One of those years, as you said, just 96, like this is an anomaly. We're not going to go to this year, like, you know, every year. This is just a one-year deal, and we'll see if it happens. Uh, I was kind of shocked. I don't know why I was shocked by this, but I flipped on last week. It was uh, the Blackhawks and the, and, the, and the Golden Knights, and Doc Emmerich was doing the game, and he was doing it from his house, and I, I don't know why I was surprised by that. Uh you know, given his age and stuff, but I would have thought that, you know, that the NBC announcing crew would have, you know, all of the announcers and stuff who are going to be in these, in in Toronto and Edmonton doing the games all playoff long, I would have thought they would have been in the, like, a city. So I was surprised that Doc Emmerich was doing it at his house, but yet you have, you know, Pierre Maguire and Brian Boucher inside the glass and stuff. I don't know. It, it caught me by surprise a little bit. Are you surprised that the announcement... And I don't know if it's just Doc Emmerich, if everyone else is in these cities, or if they're calling the games from NBC Sports Studios in Connecticut. I I don't know. It just it surprised me a little bit. Yeah, he... I, I, I'm not familiar enough to know all the broadcasters uh, doing this, because I, I admittedly have, have not watched as much as I thought I would, and probably part of that is because the Wilder out, but uh, the, uh, he's, he's in Michigan at home, I think in part because of his age. Um, I think I think that's one of the reasons that, that he stayed back. I know Kenny Albert is in Edmonton. I know they've got uh, John Forslund in one of the cities, and they've got uh, uh, Chris Cuthbert in one of the, the, uh, the cities as well. So they have announcers on hand. A lot of them are doing the games. Um, I know they had Mike Turco doing it, uh, you know, from um, from his house or from you know Connecticut or something. So uh, they they've mixed it up. I I I thought I read that Emmerich was going to get into the bubble at some point. Well, uh, that'd be good. You know, towards towards the end of this, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But yeah, all the studio stuff is happening um, in Connecticut. You know, in a normal circumstance, that would that would be happening. You know, from the side of the Stanley Cup final. So I don't know if some of those people are going to work their way in, and obviously they got a quarantine for 14 days, so how do you handle that? I'm not sure. Um, and the NHL has been pretty tight with the media here, just not allowing a lot of um, access to anybody, really. So it's, it's uh, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, they again, they, they've certainly done a good job, and I would, you know, I don't think they're being unreasonable with anything that they've been doing. I'm very bummed now, though, that the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets are out. Uh, those were the two teams I was pulling for in the East. And I don't know how much of this of the 
the five overtime game you watched last week between Tampa Bay and Columbus in game one of that series. It was phenomenal hockey. It was fun to watch. And I think that ultimately, you know, Columbus having had to go five games against Toronto and the way that series had fluctuated in the qualifying round, I think that five overtime game just took too much out of them. Because I truly think, you know, based on what what Tampa had shown in the in the round robin and with the injuries to Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman wasn't at 100%, I thought Columbus was going to take down Tampa Bay. And I think that that first game... It just they didn't have any gas left. Yeah, I, I wouldn't dispute that at all. I mean, that's just an incredibly uh, arduous game to play right off the bat, knowing game one. So, um, you know, we, we saw, I think, two things. We saw the fatigue from Columbus, you know, set in. They played that overtime game in game five as well. And uh, that, that obviously Tampa coached the series with. And uh, we also saw that Tampa's just deeper and more talented. Um, you, know, you mentioned the guys that are out, and, and you still had uh, Braden Point score both those game-winning goals. Um, they're still, I mean, just a lot, a lot stronger team. So the fact that it, on their end, the fact that it ended up being a relatively short series is a good sign. Um, and uh, I, I would have them very near the top of the contenders in the East years as we go forward. Yep. Boston certainly has to be there. I Again, I was hoping the Hurricanes would win, and I picked the Hurricanes to win. I actually picked the Hurricanes, I think, to go to the Stanley Cup final because Boston had looked so terrible in the round robin, and then you have Tuka Rask leaving the bubble for you know family reasons, but he also had made a point that you know it doesn't feel like the playoffs because there are no fans in the stands and whatnot. So, um, I mean... You know, you get Yaroslav Halak, who's had play, plenty of playoff experience before. But I thought that was an, a golden opportunity for Carolina. And it seemed like they had Boston right where they wanted them in Game 4. And then they gave up four goals in the third period. And that pretty much uh, brought the series to an end because uh, Boston would end up winning it uh, in five games. So Carolina had their chances. Uh, I don't know where Boston can go with this. I don't think that Halak can... Um, can lead them to a Stanley Cup. I think Rask would have been a, is the, truly the better option, and that's why he was starting. Of course, um, I, I just don't think Boston can get there with Halak and Net. Well, they have a very good top line, uh, maybe the best top, top line in hockey. Banged up because David Pasternak uh, got hurt in Game One, and that really to me will dictate a lot about what Boston's able to do. I, I agree with everything you're saying about uh, Halak. I, I think. Uh, Tuka Rask leading the bubble is one of the biggest stories uh, of these NHL playoffs and potentially of any sport as it relates to how the games are being played uh, in these bubbles and coronavirus. We knew something like this would happen uh, in one of these bubbles uh, where you're asking these players to be away from their families for two, three months, uh, four months, maybe even in the case of uh, the NHL and uh, the NBA is going to run long. he has reasons, and that's perfectly fine. But uh, when one of the top players is leaving uh, in the postseason, it's it's going to catch people uh, off guard, and people are going to ask questions. And, uh, it's going to be a talk about issue. And I'm, you know, Tuukka Rask is no dummy; he knows that, and uh, he's definitely got to be at peace with his decisions and know that look, I I need to be elsewhere. 
Uh, going back to Columbus for a second, their goalie, Eunice Corposalo, I, I'm a big fan of his. He's won me over with how well he did in the qualifying round against Toronto and even against Tampa Bay for the most part in this series. He's very good, and Columbus, you know, we thought they would, I thought they would be terrible this season, uh, losing, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky to, to Florida and... You know who they like Panarin to, yep to New York. I mean they lost a lot of pieces, and I would love to have John Tortorella as the the head coach of the Wild, but they they seem to be destined for good things for years to come. Yeah, and they were they were eliminated uh, on Wednesday. We're taking this on Wednesday, and uh, Tortorella just kind of ended the media session short on on Wednesday, basically saying like I don't. I don't have time for the feel-good questions. Basically, that you know, we lost, it's over, and, and uh, we're moving on. So that uh, that tells you everything you know about Tortorella. That's probably about as uh, you know PG-rated as you're ever going to yep. get him because he can certainly uh, get the swears going. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned the goaltender Eunice, uh, a guy who had 88 saves or whatever it was in the first game. Yes. Um, yep. That's a good way to, to pad those stats in the postseason because you look at him, you know, goals against average was, you know, sub two and save percentage was really good. And it's like, well, when you, when you see almost 90 shots in a single game, that's going to help. Yeah, absolutely. Other two series, uh, Washington staved off being swept by the Islanders. That series currently at 3-1. to one. Uh, Montreal is currently up on Philadelphia. They're trying to hold off elimination. Philadelphia leaves that series three games to one. Uh, Islanders are pretty surprising. I don't know if they have enough. I would think it's either going to be Boston or Tampa Bay coming out of the East. I don't believe in Philly at all. Uh, do you think that the Islanders can maybe pull something off if they can hold off the Capitals? I mean, they they uh, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that they had have this young core and they've been very good in this postseason so far. Uh, Matthew Barzal's looked great, guy with seven points and I think he's got four goals already, which is a great, great start for him. And the fact that they're up 3 0 or we're up 3 0, it's 3 1 now, uh, is a great sign. Um, I don't think that Washington is going to come back, but I, you don't know. They got the right, uh, got the right mixture with Ovechkin scoring twice in game four and giving them some life. Uh, Marlama, the goaltender, has been very good for the Islanders. So that's, you know, he doesn't feel like he's a, you know, a cup-winning goaltender. So I'm not sure that they've got that in him, but uh, certainly capable of getting past this round. You mentioned the Flyers uh, because this will be reseeded, and we've already got uh, Tampa and Boston through. So provided Philadelphia wins, you got the Islanders playing them. And, uh, you know, the Islanders, when they look, or excuse me, the Flyers, when they look, good they worked really good and then you've got uh game five where they're up three one and a half hour before they talk to you I'm, I'm about to see the same things and you know it feels a lot like the conversation we're having about montreal and the penguins yep and we're like yep. oh no way montreal's gonna win and then well, sure enough uh montreal's just not going away and Kerry price has been very good they won four eight goals against average before uh this game tonight and uh until they're dead and gone, I guess it's, it's not happening. So I agree with you about Philadelphia, but uh, they've had some, I mean, they clearly disappeared in game two. They responded yep. well in game three. So if it's going to be kind of an every other game thing with them, I don't see that as, as a team that's going to play for the Stanley Cup. Well, on their power play prior to the game five against Montreal, one for 28. 
in the first seven games of the playoffs. Yep, (laughs) we'll get to them in a second. Uh, Well, let's just go to the West right now. I feel like we're just destined for Colorado and Vegas. I mean, they look so good compared to the rest of the teams in the conference. Uh, I mean, Colorado just dismantled Arizona in games four and five, I think by the tune of seven to one in each game. Uh, Vegas has looked impressive against Chicago. These two look head and shoulders like they're the the best of the rest in the West. Absolutely. Uh, This is the Western Conference as I want to see at this point uh, because it seems like these are clearly the two best teams. I think Colorado is the best. Uh, It was interesting to watch the Vegas, the Blackhawks series just kind of back and forth and blink and there'd be uh, be goals and that's that's what you want in the playoffs. A lot of exciting action. Um, The storyline of that series absolutely had to be bottom line. You know, you didn't start every game in the series. They didn't have Mark Arthur Floyd started in game three. Um, the guy who gets trained at the trade deadline because the Blackhawks didn't need him and they're paying part of his salary uh, at the end of the year is the guy that that's about. Yep. Uh, I mean, a lot of that is just bad luck. You, know, you, don't, you don't bank on that, but uh, Rob Lehner's been really good and the argument is, is certainly there. It's probably one that he should be the number one goalie he probably will be going forward and that says a lot considering the track record of, of Mark Henry Fleury. So, uh, very eager to watch Vegas uh, going forward. Uh, you mentioned Colorado. I mean, just extremely loaded. And one of those teams that's cashing in on, again, a lot of young talent. Guys in Padre has looked great so far in his playoffs slash playoffs. He's got better points. And he's not even the top one guy you think of uh, necessarily with, uh, you know, McKinnon and, and uh, uh, McCarr and all these other guys for Landis Cog. Yeah, for, for the Avalanche. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure what the hell happened with Arizona. We had a structure to give up nine straight goals between uh, games game four and game five. Our guy, Darcy Kemper, is the only reason this series got to five games because we had 49 saves in the open win. So, um, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm guessing Rick Tockett, the college coach, famously uh, busted for gambling. Uh, I'm guessing we had the over in these games, and that's the reason they have all seven to one. So. <laughs> oh, you know, you got to make a little extra cash while you're in Edmonton, because what else are you going to do that's there? Right. Uh, I mean, and no offense to Dallas and Calgary, but I just don't care about either of those two teams. I don't think any either of them is going places. Yeah. Uh, the story with the Dallas series is we got Joe Pavelski. Who knows how old he is? Near forty, probably. Uh, he's got five goals in the first eight games of this uh, bubble. He had 14 goals all, all season. So he's he's uh, found the fountain of youth at the uh, West Edmonton Bowl, and uh, that's how he's uh, stayed alive. And, and it was kind of surprising that he was in, even in Dallas uh, this year. So uh, some sort of playoff run for him will be pretty interesting, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. At, at that age, yeah, certainly. Uh, where is that fountain of youth in Edmonton? I'll have to find that. It's got to be close to Rogers' place. That's right. It's got to be close to the bubble. I, I have to draw some knowledge on this, uh, the, the St. Louis Blues, as far as I can tell, have made Stanley Cup playoff history with five consecutive losses in the playoffs, if you count the uh, qualification round, um, and Gary Batman doesn't. But five straight playoff losses, you don't see that very often. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. I don't. Yeah, it's it. it you're right. It has never happened because then they would have been knocked out. 
and and they, of course they aren't. They are tied right now 2-2 in their series with Vancouver. Uh, and I will admit, uh, I did not know much about Vancouver prior to the Wild series. Uh, I, the Wild had had success against Vancouver in the past, uh, certainly like towards the end of the regular season. I think they had won like two of the last three games they had played against. The Canucks handled them pretty easily, so I didn't give the Canucks much of a chance. And I would like to apologize to Vancouver because I think they have the chance to be one of the best teams in the West for years to come. Jack Hughes is fantastic. JT yeah. Miller is good. Who's that? That 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 Bon? Not not Bonner. Um, there, there's some guy. I'll I'll get it here. Um, who who's very good? They have a great core of young talent there. So I think Vancouver is poised to do great things. Uh, over well, the course I, of, I of many old, years to old come. Horvat is, but he's got six goals, and I wasn't necessarily banking on that. So uh, they will, um, they got Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom, who I believe is going to be a free agent uh, at goaltender. So that will be a very interesting story to watch uh, going forward because he's played very well in these playoffs for the most part. After uh, you know, kind of having that dud against the Wild, he was pretty much liked out. And uh, when you flip this over to the other side with the Blues. They lost Tarasenko, who's left the bubble with an injury. Uh, they had to flip goalies in game three. They gave up on the guy who won in the Stanley Cup last year, Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Went back to Jake Allen, got him the victory. Um, this series is even as we as we talk about it, but I agree with you. I think Vancouver has shown a lot, and this feels like it's probably the end for St. Louis. Uh, I, I don't know how people look back on the, cl- on the Cup last year, Excuse me. It feels like it was a two-month Gloria Field uh, championship run. Yes. And uh, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the Stanley Cup uh, come the end of this playoffs. No, so. no, and I think that's just because Colorado and Vegas are so strong. I'd like to make a correction, not Jack Hughes. It's Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, his brother. Yep, yep. yep. Quinn is great. Um, and, the, and the guy I was thinking of was Brock Bozer from uh, Braves. Yeah, Besser. Yeah. Besser, Besser, yep. Um, yes. I, I just think... That core of young talent there, I mean, Besser's 23, uh, Hughes is 20. They have, I mean, uh, Elias Pettersson is 21. He's, that, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this team, I, I think they're poised for great things. I, I think the Blues probably have found themselves a little bit now over the last couple of games. I think they're probably going to take out Vancouver here in the first round of the playoffs, but I don't think Vancouver fans should be... Um, should be upset with anything that happens because I think this team is poised to compete with Vegas in the Pacific Division next year going forward. I think Vancouver's a, a team to watch out for in the West for years. Well, and the big question entering the Canucks playoffs, you know, as it pertained to facing the Wild, is here's a group that had never been to the playoffs before. What sort of showing would they have? I think they uh, might have been a little starstruck in the first game, just, yep. uh, you know, getting used to the pace of play, but they responded pretty well and they more than uh, more than uh, courted themselves in this series so that's certainly good to see I agree with a lot of what you're saying as far as setting themselves up for the future um, and I let me be only the 5,000th Minnesota to mention that Brock Besser passed up by the wild even though he's from Burnsville uh, in the draft so terrible uh, I think he was passed up for Joel Erickson who can't find them that with it with the uh, searchlight. Well, so, he's a defensive. Yeah. He's a defensive forward, so he's got a. He's very defensive minded. He's not offensive. <laughs> well, you know, you always love to pick uh, a defensive forward, you know, tenth or twelfth 
12th or whatever he was in the draft. Yeah. So nice, nice going. Man. Yep. And then the Wild can't even get Alexis Lafreniere. He goes to the Rangers at number one, or he will go once the draft is done. And I mean, you know, after game one, you know, I think we were thinking great things. We talked a couple weeks ago. We thought the Wild would still be playing. Um, they have a lot of. They have a lot of issues to fix. It sounds like Miko Koivu is not going to be back. He will probably have played his last game in a wild sweater. Uh, Bill Bill Guerin, the, the GM, he is not afraid to make changes. He said that goaltending wasn't great. He's looking for a center, uh, like a number one center. And he's not afraid to go out and make the changes. So I think there will be a lot of things that change in the offseason for the wild. And I'm a... I'm a fan of that. I think that he's looking to really make this team into a contender. It's going to be his team officially now. And the Wild do need changes because they have a lot of old guys on their team. But they do have some very good pieces. Kevin Fiala, uh, Donato I think is going to be very good. Uh, So there are pieces there. But he's going to do what he needs to do to get that that team ready. And it it sounds like he's not just going to sit back and, and watch this team try and get out of the rut that they're in. Yeah, I mean, they, the rut's a perfect word for it. I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, um, where, uh, you know, Bill Guerin, thank God, just kind of laid it out that this is exactly the scenario they need, the goal, that they need. The goaltending just wasn't good enough. Uh, I think we all thought Alex Stalock did a pretty decent job Yep. Uh, considering the scenario he was put in. Uh, not... Uh, uh, fine fill-in number, uh, fill-in goalie, uh, but he's not a number one. And um, the guy you've had for the last few years is Devin Dubnik, and he wasn't what he should have been or what we wanted him to be uh, this last year either. So uh, the question is, is do you need to move on? Uh, they've got um, a pretty good prospect uh, for goaltender in the uh, in the. Uh, in Iowa, yep. You know, do you do you bring him along and and put him in the mix? Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, Miko Koivu, it's going to be hard to say a lot of bad things about him uh, oh, yeah. because he's pretty admirably uh, filled the Wilds sweater for a long time. Like you said, the captain of the team never was an issue. Uh, pretty loyal to the club, all that stuff. But him leaving, uh, and I agree, it's probably the right decision. Um, opens up a roster spot, and to me, that's the most important thing. They need to get, they need to clear some sort of room for guys to either new guys to come into the lineup or younger guys to take on bigger roles because uh, those are the biggest things. You got to let, and obviously, it sort of availed itself as a win, uh, but you got to let Donato and Kevin Fiala and uh, Jordan Greenway go on down the list. All the new guys you think of or that we think are going to be the future of this team, they got to be the ones that need your minutes, and that. You know, unfortunately, it, it kind of comes back to being a major issue with uh, Parisi having a long contract and Suter having a long contract, is that those guys, you pay them to be on the ice a lot. And, uh, you know, that kind of becomes an issue when you're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to sort out these lines and get everything set? Now, I'm not suggesting that those guys need to be shipped out, but uh, there is a, a point in time where you got to... Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, make some more room for for these younger guys or new guys if you're able to get anything done in free agency. And the, the salary cap is not going up in the NHL, considering uh, what sort of situation we're in right now. So um, it'll be a very interesting offseason. I like that it's Bill Guerin's team, and, and he's you know last offseason was a 
uh, shit show because you had uh, you know Paul Fenton get fired. Yep. So uh, hopefully this goes a little bit more smoothly. Well, uh, I, they're getting a you know pick in uh, what is it nine, number nine number nine getting so. Hopefully they can make something work and, and start making some progress for the future. Last top t- last time the Wild had a top ten pick, uh, they drafted Dumba at seven. And if you look at their defensemen, like that's the core, that's the strength of this team, is yep. the, the defense. So they have to get more scoring everywhere else. They have to get more scoring on the wings. They have to get a, a bona fide number one center, and that's going to be yeah that you know between that and the goalie. Uh, that's what Bill Guerin needs to to do, and you know it was nice to see the Wild in there, um, but I think Vancouver certainly exploited quite a few flaws that this team has. I mean, they just and I don't, maybe it's just being a Minnesota team, but like you see other teams just you know stick to stick, you know tape to tape passing, yeah. and it's so yeah. crisp. And the Wild, it just seems like they struggle to sometimes get the puck out of their own zone and. And just make simple passes and smart plays. It, it's frustrating to watch from at times. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. I think that the two major philosophies that they need to work on are make a priority. And I don't I don't think you got to tell Bill Guerin this because the guy played on the U.S. national team and played with Mike Madonna and played with all these uh, terrific players. Uh, they need scores. They need true scores. He knows that this team hasn't had a true score basically since Marion Gabrick. Yep. And uh, they need playmakers. You know, whatever that ends up looking like. And, and uh, you know, they've had that in some regard. I would say Fiala is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit along that line. Guy would take the puck and make a play. But they need a lot more of that. And uh, that feels like that should just be the primary draft strategy. You know, obviously yep. you got to pick uh, goaltenders and defensemen too. But you should be going after forwards who feel like can either score or make plays. And, uh, you know, I, I would say scoring is the number one thing. I, I, I'm i not an NHL draft in the by anything, but you see some <laughs> players that uh, are, you know, are pretty good goal scorers, at least in, you know, U.S. college play. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't get drafted by the Wild and they go somewhere else. They're not helping me get that guy. So, um, I, I'd like to see that be a bigger priority. Whether it's you know Canadian juniors or whatever these guys are coming from, get guys who want to put the puck in the net, and and let's work from there. Well, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's always for the while. It's been the de- defensive philosophy that was what Jacques Lemaire had uh, when yep. he coached the team, and you know, like you said, you know, they pass on. Yeah, yep. I mean, yep. it's just it. It doesn't matter who's coaching this team. It seems like it's always about defense. You need offense. At last, I checked. You need pucks to go in the net in order for you to score. It doesn't matter how many you prevent, it's how many you score. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Wild here going forward. We'll see what happens with the NHL playoffs going forward. It's been fun so far. Um, we've seen a lot of really good games. Uh, how do you think the ice has held up overall? It seems like you know the players are slipping a little bit more, but I mean that I guess to be expected in August. But I, I would say for the most part, the conditions have been favorable. The ice looks good for the most part. Yeah, I think the biggest issue is just playing the number of games they're playing on it, playing on it per day, and uh, you know, these third periods. You know, when you really only get this, the 15, 17 minutes, whatever it is between periods, to run the Zamboni out there, uh, that's a big reason they need 80 minutes or whatever it is after each game to make sure that they've got the ice ready to go and that it's not you know a liability or whatever. Whatever. I'm uh, I'm not a. Uh, 
a skater. I, I'm barely a skater, I guess. I'm bar- I barely have, have played hockey on the, the ponds of Lee Center, Minnesota. The, yep. I, you know, the ice, clear ice skating rink where I don't think Zamboni ever went across it. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm familiar with the bad ice in that sense, but not really in the sense of a, you know, an NHL hockey player. So I'm sure it's not great, but I'm, I'm you know, considering you've got two bubbles and the NHL I know has the best people on this, you know, the people that create the ice for the Winter Classic and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure it's as good as it can be, and that's all you can ask. And uh, you know, I think it makes a difference that you're playing this in Toronto and Edmonton and not Dallas or Miami. You can, know, so can, can you imagine um, if it was in Vegas right now with you know that in that heat, massive heat wave that's baking the entire western part of the U.S. right now? Well, I mean, it'd be tremendous. Just you know, if if we were not in COVID, uh, it would be a tremendous place to have. Uh, hockey for three months, and it, you know we would definitely have the bubble being broken more often. Oh yeah, uh, there. But they'd yeah, be playing in a pool just, essentially. It would be awful. Yeah, yeah. It, it just they'd be playing in a pool. It'd be fun to. It it would be a spectacle, but not for the reasons <laughs> that you would you would think. Uh, Marcus, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, we'll chat again soon and see where the the playoffs take us. But uh, it's been a wild ride so far, and uh, looking forward to continuing the journey. Thanks, man. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler are joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. Uh, great insight, as always. Um, always appreciate his time. Uh, it's fun to talk hockey with him. You know, one of the few people who talks hockey, who knows hockey, that we can get on here. I mean, Travis just picks the Sharks and the Penguins every year. Now he's picked the Knights, I think. Um so I always like talking hockey with Marcus. So hopefully you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, we talked baseball. We talked... Oh, by the way, population of Alexandria, South Dakota, 627. They won the Amateur State Baseball Tournament. I mean, 627. Yikes. Uh, hockey, basketball, baseball. We talked football. Uh, we'll, pro- we'll get Charlie back on next week to see what's going on in the college football world. Doesn't sound like the Big Ten's going to rethink their decision, so it's just the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC for now, and we'll see what where it goes from there. So, uh, again, you can listen, you can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Travis Grins is at Travis Grins. Marcus Traxler is at Marcus Traxler. Facebook, Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So thank you for listening. Uh, we should have one next week. Probably one here going forward as sports continue to progress. And when they stop, we'll stop at least for a while. So for Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Uh, stay safe, wear a mask, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.